Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Duck Pod. I'm Ryan Thorburn, joined by Austin Meek. Austin, it is late July, or getting into late July. I'm back from vacation, and Pac-12 Media Days are right around the corner. So today we submitted our ballot for the preseason poll, and I thought that might make a good podcast for late July. Welcome back to the podcast studio. We missed you. We kept your uh, we kept your microphone warm. Glad you uh, made it made it back. Yeah, we went to uh, Yellowstone National Park and the Black Hills. Uh, we saw a black bear, grizzly bear, mountain sheep. Awesome. Go grizz. Elk. Everything, even some ducks. So uh, <laughs> uh, it was quite a trip, and I'm glad to be back after a 14 hour and 40 minute drive home. <laughs> from Jackson Hole, so uh, <laughs> well, it gave you a lot of time to think about your uh, your Pac-12 preseason ballot. So it you did got at the top there, and that was uh, what I was thinking about in Burns uh, <laughs> on that stretch there, where you're going insane. So uh, I guess what we could do is just uh, each reveal ours, either line by line, and uh, just kind of discuss why each team is where they are. I think uh, I'm guessing there were two for sure locks on this thing for everyone. Um, not to be uh, cruel, but to Oregon fans, I think one lock would be Washington as the Pac-12 favorite, and uh, their other rival, Oregon State, is the basement dweller. But let's yeah. just start with the North then. Um, do you have Washington number one? Because I did. Yes, I have Washington number one, uh, and I agree with you. I will be surprised if Washington is not um, the nearly unanimous pick in the north and I'll I'll be surprised if Oregon State is not the unanimous last place team. I I would think that they would get every sixth place vote. Nothing against Jonathan Smith. He may be a good coach there, but um I think the Beavers are clearly uh number 6 in the north. Yeah, and I had Oregon State 6th as well. So you have Washington 1, Oregon State 6. Uh, if there's any hope for the Beavers, it's that, you know, I think we all thought when Chris Peterson was hired from Boise State, once he got things rolling at Washington, they would be at this level. Uh, and Jonathan, Jonathan Smith obviously comes from Washington and, and working with Chris Peterson. So maybe he can replicate a little bit of this. But uh, as of now, Washington head and shoulders above uh, everyone, in my opinion, and, and Oregon State with a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Okay. Who you got it to then? At number two, I have, drumroll, the Oregon Ducks. I think it's going to be very close between Oregon and Stanford for number two 
in the north. And this being an even year, Stanford plays at Autzen Stadium. In fact, that's the Pac-12 opener for the Ducks. So I am kind of projecting that they have the same Pac-12 record, but I think Oregon wins that game and, and the tiebreaker. You know, that's I, I went back and forth on those two teams, and I have Stanford two, Oregon three, but I think you could I think you could easily reverse the order. Um, talking about this with Steve on the podcast um, earlier in the week, I I do think Oregon is a lot closer to uh, to Stanford than to being number four. I think it's a pretty clear top three, bottom three in the North, and and I do think. Oregon and Stanford could be um, could be switched around, but I, I'm going to give a little bit of edge to Stanford just because of the Bryce Love factor, uh, and because I do think there's enough uh, enough uncertainty with Mario Cristobal that I'm you know I I, I could see Oregon being a, a, a sleeper team, maybe a challenger for Washington in the North, but I'm just not quite ready to go there until I see a little more from Mario Cristobal. If Stanford can beat San Diego State, which they didn't do last year, and also an early season matchup with USC, that could really draw some eyes to Eugene, that that game. Obviously, Oregon has an easy non-conference schedule leading up to that, but you got to figure Justin Herbert, Bryce Love, the winner of that game is going to be on, on people's shortlist for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, for sure. Well, are we in, a, in agreement then that four and five are Cal and Washington State. I think both of us uh, are kind of on the same page about this potentially being a, a really down year for Washington State. Yes, I actually have Cal at four. I like Justin Wilcox and I like his staff and they were competitive last year. This year I think they remain that way and actually get to six wins in a bowl game. Washington State, you know, I mean, Mike Leach, I think thought he was going to be the last man out and would shut the lights off and he didn't get out so unless he has you know some prospects looming that we're not sure about unless he's one of the better developmental coaches in the country which he's done a great job at uh, I just don't see them competing this year at all in the north yeah me neither I I think that team is really headed for a um, a sharp drop off Okay, so... So did you have Cal 4? Yeah, I had Cal 4. Cal Cal 4. Washington Washington State State 5, so we're in agreement there. The only disagreement there is that Oregon... Uh, yeah. Stanford flip-flop yeah. and that will be yeah. determined in September so that'll be fun mm-hmm. so in the south I think I think the south is totally wide open I stared at my ballot for a long time in the south and yeah I had teams that I you know thinking about putting number one that I ended up putting three four you know I think that it's really all over the place but so who do you have uh who do you have in the south number one in that spirit uh that wide open competition you're referring to I am going to go with Utah Kyle Whittingham is really has the most consistent program in the South, and he's the only guy that hasn't won the South, or the only program that hasn't won the South. Colorado won it a couple years ago, so I think it feels like this is the year for the Utes. They host both Arizona and USC and Salt Lake City. Those are two teams that you know I think are also in in play here. Um, The only caveat to Utah is their their North crossovers. They play the big boys and don't get a break there but I think they will win the the south games that matter and will will win the tiebreaker there yeah I thought about Utah at number one and I ended up putting them number two for what you just said they have to play Washington Stanford and Oregon out of the north the top three teams Um, I think it's hard to do that 
and and come out of the South as the winner. Even though I'm not I'm not totally sold on USC at all. I put them number one, and I think USC will be. I'm guessing when the ballots come out, when they show the first place votes, it'll look like USC is a big favorite in the South because I think they'll get the lion's share of the number one votes. But I actually don't think they're a big favorite. I just think. There's a little bit of USC's kind of the the default team that you pick if there's not another team that you really like. Um, they are going to potentially start a true freshman quarterback. It's, it's hard to hard to put a ton of faith in a, a team that potentially could be lining up there with a guy who um, who was in high school last fall. But I think the the rationale for USC is just that they've got enough talent around the quarterback that uh, even if they go through some growing pains there uh, in a year when there's not really another definitive team that you'd pick ahead of them then maybe that's enough yeah i went usc number three actually i know they're loaded with talent but this true freshman quarterback that everyone's talking about actually graduated from high school early to join usc and and his schedule includes early on road games um at Stanford, at Texas, at Arizona. So I actually think they're going to lose some of those games, and I I have Arizona number two with Khalil Tate. Yeah. I had Arizona three, and to me, Arizona and Oregon are just kind of mirror images. You know, they have a new coach. They have a star quarterback coming back. It's a team that you feel like if, if things break right, they could contend for the division. But it's just also a team that's got a few too many question marks for me um, to to give them the benefit of the doubt like that. I one thing that stuck with me was I remember talking to Greg Hansen on our podcast last year from from the Arizona Daily Star, and um, he brought up the fact it's like does does Arizona have any all conference players on its team at the time outside of Khalil Tate? That was when Khalil Tate was really on a tear, but he was just saying you you look at the rest of this team and they just don't have a ton of Pac twelve. You know, upper upper tier Pac-12 players. So for that reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay kind of in the middle on Arizona as a team that I I think could make some noise, but I'm not quite ready to go there with them. So we each have in some order Utah, Arizona, USC as the the top half of the South, and and really the three contenders I see down there. Uh, who do you have at number four? I have the Colorado Buffaloes. All right. Well, I've got uh, I've got Arizona State at number four, uh, and I've seen Arizona State at the bottom of a lot of ballots. And I think there's some some much deserved skepticism about what kind of coach Herm Edwards is going to be at the college level. Uh, but I, I guess I'm going to uh, I'm guess I'm, I'm going to be the contrary in a little bit and say with Manny Wilkins and that receiving core, which really kind of ate Oregon alive last year uh, in that game. I think Arizona State has some pieces to actually. Um, be, be competitive in the Pac-12 if, and it's a significant if, but if Herm Edwards knows what he's doing there, um, I, I, I think they could be competitive with some people at least. Well, I definitely am looking forward to seeing Herm Edwards at Media Day next week in Los Angeles. He definitely <laughs> is a guy the media is rooting yeah, for. He's, he's you show. know, very good with the media. He likes to talk, and, and it's, you know, a curious hire, but it might be so crazy that it just works. Um, I'll give you I'll give you ten bucks if you ask Herm on the podium. Herm, can you tell me why you play the game? Well, yeah, I mean that that is why they play the game to you win, play I, to win, 
the game. I do not have them winning many games. I have them <laughs> sixth. All right. uh, I want to see this experiment play out before uh, I anoint Herm Edwards, who I think he last coached in college in the 70s. Is that correct? I and, believe you're correct, yeah. You know, he just seems like an NFL person to me, an NFL personality more specifically. Mm. I don't see it, but it's interesting the approach they're taking um, with kind of having a CEO of football and, and treating it as a professional organization in some respects. So I have Colorado fourth because I like Steven Montez. Maybe that's skewed by what he did to the Ducks a couple of years ago when Colorado won the South. Uh, obviously, they lost Jim Levitt last year. I think they have talent there. I want to just see if if Mike McIntyre a year without Levitt can now bounce back and and, and show that that wasn't a, a fluke in 2016. If he doesn't, you know, he's been at Colorado a while. Um, the natives might start to get ref- restless there. They do have good tradition. They're just dying to win, and Boulder is a great place. So um, I think it's a big year for McIntyre. I have him fourth. They need to go to a bowl game, you know, win seven, eight games. Um, I have UCLA fifth. I believe their head coach is named Chip Kelly. Heard of him. I think he's had some success in the North Division of this league with some better players, but uh, I have them fifth. I think the Bruins are a couple years away from being uh, the talk of the of even at Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Chip Kelly fans are not going to enjoy this show because I've actually got uh, I've got UCLA sixth. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not that I'm nursing a grudge against Chip Kelly or I think he's a bad coach. I just think that's going to be a weird transition there. You know, they lose Josh Rosen. The Jim Mora era there was just weird. And it's a totally different personality coming in there with, with Chip Kelly. Totally different system. Uh, I just I, I see that being kind of a... Uh, kind of a rocky transition. And if I'm wrong, it's because Chip Kelly just needed to get back to college. This is where he belongs. Uh, it's because he learned something in the NFL. He's evolved a little bit. Um, and he's going to come back and do what he did at Oregon again. I don't see it right away. I don't I don't think he's walking into the same situation that he walked into at Oregon. Uh, I think it's going to take him a little time to... Um, to get his kind of players in there. So I got UCLA at six. I don't know if they're going to be there. Yeah, I think any of those teams in the bottom of the South, I wouldn't be stunned if any of them, you know, catch lightning in a bottle a little bit and and finish higher than we think, finish in the top two or three. But somebody's got to be sixth, so I said UCLA. The beauty of these polls, of course, is that the media never gets it right or typically doesn't give it right. So that's great news for Chip Kelly. I mean, you look at this and you think about, you know, Mora had some pretty good recruiting classes as far as the rankings go. Chip sure. Kelly is one with quarterbacks no one had heard of before they played in his offense. So when I look at this, you know, I have UCLA fifth in the South, you have them sixth. That could be the major you know, thing in January, you're like, wow, yeah. we well, had we that thinking? way yeah. wrong and, yeah. and they win the South or something. But from the outside looking in, it just seems like they have a lot of work to do there. Yeah. So who you got? Um, who you got in the Pac-12 title game, winning the uh, winning the thing? I have Chris Peterson and the Huskies over uh, the running Utes and Kyle Winningham, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think both those guys are are tremendous coaches, probably in the top ten in the country, in my view. Yeah, I got Washington winning the Pac-12, and I've got Washington as a a pretty strong, pretty strong candidate for the uh, for the college football playoff. Um, you know, I, the Pac-12 needs to get a team in there this year um, after getting 
after getting snubbed. Um, it's an important year for the Pac-12. You know, Washington's got that game against Auburn um, to kick off the season. And if they win that, I think I think they're in a good position um, that they can make a run make a run to the playoff because I, I don't I don't think there's another team in the Pac-12 that is as complete as Washington is. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. I just thought of this now when you mentioned that you know Washington plays Auburn. They beat Auburn. They're off to the races. I don't see them losing more than one Pac-12 game. Um, but it's interesting. Doesn't Oregon play Auburn to open next season? I believe that's right. Is it next year? Yeah. <laughs> so a year from now, <laughs> if Justin Herbert were to return as a senior quarterback like uh, Jake Browning and Mario's able to add you know, another layer of talent with recruiting, yeah. maybe Oregon could be Washington in – 2019, but right now I, I have Washington definitely as Larry Scott's best hope. Yeah. Or maybe Auburn foils the Pac-12's chances of a playoff team two years in a row. Well, I'm sure we'll that's what out. their fans believe should happen, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. So anyway, Austin, we're getting close. Uh, next Wednesday is Pac-12 Media Day in Los Angeles, and, and we'll have a lot of content moving forward, a lot of football content, and that's always uh, Christmas in July, so let's do it. All right. Thanks for checking out the podcast, everybody. We'll be back next week.